Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 11 of the podcast. Today is a really, really fun one, and I'm actually very, very, very excited for this one. I have my grandmommy on with me. Like I said last week, we were in Florida for the weekend, and my grandma was kind and willing enough to be on the podcast with me. I had kind of put into my head before we left, I'm going to have her on. So I just kept thinking that in my head, like, okay, what questions am I going to ask? What are we going to talk about? And I didn't mention it to her before we left. So when we got there, and it was the day before I was thinking of interviewing her, I went into her room and I was like, so what do you think about being on the podcast? And she goes, what? (laughs) So she was reluctant to begin with, but she came on with me and we had probably the just most meaningful conversation we've ever had genuinely. And I'm very excited for you guys to listen to it. I do want to warn you, we did record this outside, which is not preferable, okay? But we were in this tiny little Airbnb right next to Daytona Beach, and it is small, okay? Walls are thin. My granddad was home watching the NASCAR race, and I was like, you know what? (laughs) It might be just a little bit too loud, in the house. Um, It will also be loud outside, but it was beautiful outside. It was warm. The sun was setting. Aesthetically, that was the best place for us to be, but audibly, probably not. But please don't let that scare you away from listening because I promise that this will be enjoyable for you. I learned so much about my grandma and even some like really wild, like fun facts about her. And it was just a really great conversation. She is so cute. The whole conversation is so special and I know you will enjoy it. So just give it a chance, okay? But without further ado, here is my conversation with my grandmommy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the 11th episode of the podcast. I am Callie, and I'm in Florida. I'm outside right now with my grandmommy. You can say hi. Hello, everybody. It's (laughs) fun to be here with Callie right now. I hope it continues to be fun. Oh, my goodness. Um, I have grandmommy with me, um, and... While we're on vacation, we're here because, like I said last week, my family loves NASCAR for some reason. It's not my thing, but Grandma and me went to a race yesterday. My first ever NASCAR race, and I didn't expect to like it. Um, I, I took my tablet along with me, and I figured, okay, this lasts about three hours, so I'll watch for an hour, and then maybe I'll play solitaire or... I'll go somewhere else and watch a movie, but I really did get involved with it, and I enjoyed it. Which, honestly, 
good for you? <laughs> because one of us cannot get into it. So, <laughs> well, now I don't have a great desire to go again. Yeah, but that was that was a fun experience. That's how I felt. I went to the Daytona 500 once, and it was kind of just a one and done. Mm -hmm. I've seen it, mm -hmm. and that's good enough for me. Yeah, I, that's how I feel. I can say I've been. Yes, I feel and like it can. It's almost like a maybe like an Eiffel Tower type thing where you've seen it once and you're good. You don't have to see it again. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. So I wanted to take the opportunity to interview Grandmommy today because I have her here with me and she's been stuck with me today. <laughs> so to give you a short synopsis of Grandmommy, her real name is actually Linda and she's married to my granddad Chester and they have four kids, 12 grandchildren, two great grandkids and two more on the way. Grandmommy was a teacher and moved around a lot with her husband who's in the Air Force and eventually moved to Utah where they're both retired and live in a cute yellow house on a corner down the street <laughs> from us. Is there anything else you feel like needs to be added? No, I life is good. It couldn't be better. <laughs> she says as we're in Florida. Everything's so good. <laughs> well, I have to say, though, Florida's not my best, happiest place because I grew up here. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you don't always appreciate something that's right at your fingertips. And, and so I was happy to leave Florida because it's hot and humid and buggy and muggy. And, and I love living in Utah <laughs> because we have family around us here. Mm-hmm. All of our children moved away from Florida and left us there, and we came and found them. Yep. <laughs> and now they live down the street from us, like I said. And my aunt lives just like 15 minutes away-ish, mm -hmm. give or take. Yes. Yeah. And then I have an uncle in Hawaii who is currently here with us for the day he went to the NASCAR race. And then another in Wisconsin. Yep, our kids are scattered from one end of the country to the other, but yep. that makes it great for our travels. Mm-hmm, and they travel a lot. Um, let's see, so do you want to start with these questions then? Let's go. Okay, so where did you grow up, and what did it look like with your siblings? And tell us how many siblings you have. I have an older sister named Marion. She's two years older, and I have a younger brother, <laughs> whose name is Bubba. <laughs> and uh, I am just sitting right on 80 now, so he's 78, but he's still my Bubba. Yep. His, his actual name is Woodrow Edward Copeland. Um, <laughs> my first memory was living in a tiny little house on the west side of Jacksonville, Florida, which is in the northeast corner of the state. Growing up with a sister and a brother, I was the middle child, and there's something true about that, that, uh, I don't know actually what is said about middle ch children, but <laughs> I, was, I was different from them. Um, yeah. I was the good kid. <laughs> I really was. Mm -hmm. uh, my sister got in all kinds of trouble. My brother got in all kinds of trouble. But I, I was pretty dang good the whole time I was growing up. 
um, I had a, a good, happy life. We had good parents. My parents were raised, born and raised in Georgia. Um, my father, literally the backwoods of Georgia <laughs> on a farm. And my mother was a little more cultured. Uh, she lived in a town called Ludowisi, Georgia, which I don't know if you'll even find it on a map. Uh, but they both met in Jacksonville, Florida, because Georgia was not the place to, you know, make a living at that time. So they moved to Jacksonville to have better lives and met and married and had a better life. Okay, and that, and your parents are Mimi and Dandy, right? That's right. Mimi, Mimi and, and Dandy. Dandy. Yeah. And what were their real names? <laughs> My mother's name was Frankie. Her first name was Frankie, not Francis. <laughs> it was Frankie mm -hmm. Esma King. Esma. Esma, E-Z-M-A, yes. Oh, hmm. Yeah. And uh, my, father's, <laughs> my father's name, I have seen so many different names for him because he didn't like, hated Woodrow, and he didn't really like his middle name, which was Elburn. Um, <laughs> I've, I've, I've forgotten him now. I use age as an excuse for forgetting a lot <laughs> of things. Um, he changed his birth date. He changed his he, name. He changed his birth date? He did. His actual birthday, August the 19th, but for years he took his older sister's birthday because he loved her and they wanted to celebrate together. So, and I can't remember, you know, we didn't have birthday parties growing up. Mm -hmm. My parents weren't partiers at all. Neither of their families um, yeah. were partiers, so. Well, you were, yeah, well, you were telling me earlier that you didn't really listen to, like, music uh -uh. growing up. No, we didn't have music in our home. Mm -hmm. we, we had a black and white television when, trying to think, I was probably 12 or 14 years old, um, which came on at maybe 8 in the morning and went off at probably eight at night mm -hmm. and they always played the national anthem as it was going off the air huh. um we didn't have air conditioning until the 11th grade um, okay. when we moved from jacksonville beach into the big city and uh, built a new home on on the river and that was so nice growing up on the river with the dock and that's such and, uh, a southern thing you just said oh growing up on the river you just <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's such a classic southern like movie thing doesn't it just make you think of lazy times uh -huh. and, yeah it maybe me I don't know why but it made me think of the notebook which I don't know if that's true but just maybe it's the scene of when they're like on that river yeah yeah, and yeah. by at like his house. Yeah. That's just what it makes me think of. Um, something like that. Life is slower in the South. And I think the heat and humidity has a lot to do with it because it just tires you out. Yeah. But, but uh, people like to do lazy things like fish. Yeah. And uh, just 
River Watch. <laughs> My husband and I, your granddad mm -hmm. and I, used to go river watching, no, fishing watching on the St. John's River early on a Sunday morning. We would get up and go get a, a biscuit from Hardee's mm -hmm. and go sit and watch fishing. Did on you the do that Saint before John's. kids? No, we did that when we had one child left at home. Our youngest okay. son, Greg, uh -huh. um, we would take off and leave him <laughs> on Saturday morning or <laughs> Sunday morning because he was a late sleeper. Mm -hmm. And we would get up early and he'd wake up and say, where is everybody? <laughs> and and we, we found out years later that he was really kind of hurt. Really? That, yeah, that he would wake up and we were gone. That would be Ethan. Really? Ethan is like that. If oh. we if we are up and moving before he's awake, he'll wake up and call one of us. What are <laughs> where are you? Like what are you doing? Oh. He's the same way. He he likes his alone time, but he also wants to know where people are. To stay That's connected with mm -hmm. his family. Yeah. Well see at that time telephones were connected to the wall by a cord. You couldn't call somebody wherever they might be in the world and uh -huh. check on them. Yeah. Well, before we get into kid stuff, <laughs> so going back to your parents, do you have a biggest lesson that you think of, like learning from your parents? Because I have a biggest lesson I've learned from each parent, I feel like. Uh, I remember my father telling my sister because she had some friends that <laughs> he didn't like uh -huh. <laughs> he told her birds of a feather stick together and that's an old 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 quotation and and I've thought of that many times because you associate people with their friends and they could yeah. be very different from their friends yeah but but you don't see that and a lot of times you know especially when you're younger you want to be like your friends like whether they're your friends or not if they're people around you you want to blend in you want to be part of that group yeah so that that was a good lesson to me be around people that I would like to be like yeah my mother should have been born a nurse <laughs> just born a nurse uh -huh. my father was number 12 of 12 children and so oh, wow. he always always had older brothers and sisters who were having health problems and my mother loved to cook she loved to take care of people mm -hmm. i remember an uncle who had to have an amputated leg oh wow who, came and lived with us for a couple of months before mm. he was able to go back to his wife who was older she wasn't able to take care of him huh. uh, so so he came and lived with us and my mother nursed him back to health <laughs> so I I think uh, I've kind of always had a nurturing um, seed in me that yeah. just yeah well this I hope this doesn't sound like a bad thing but you're very much like a just a grandma personality <laughs> like when people come over it's do you want something to drink are you hungry is it too cold in here is it too hot in here do you want the fan on that was my mother yeah exactly. same thing where she makes oh my gosh so for Christmas 
we go over to her house and this was for dessert we were just coming over for dessert and it was just a you know christmas is over let's just hang out and we'll have like a couple of things like 10 people total yeah it was a very small amount of people and she had like two different types of costco pies which were ginormous we had a cake I want to say there was like something else too. Oh, there was. There was. Oh, I had there was made. A lot. What did I make? There Cookie? was ice cream. Oh, nuts! I made all kinds of nuts, candied nuts. Oh. Because I gave those as neighbor gifts. Okay. And and nobody would take anything home with them. Here's the thing oh, about fudge. going. I still oh, fudge. I still That's have frozen was. fudge. Yes. And snowball cookies. <laughs> I made those. I still have those things in my freezer in yeah. March almost. Yeah. If you go to Grandmommy's house, you're not leaving without a Tupperware <laughs> container in your hand because you're, you have no other choice but to take whatever she made with you. I try. I try. Yeah. But I think, like I said, we're filming this outside, so there's planes and birds and cars, and I apologize about that, but... There goes Delta or Southwest or somebody. Or something. The lesson I've learned from each of my parents is my mom has always taught me, like, service. That's been a big thing with my mom. Which she got from her mom. Which she got from her mom. Uh And she talks about all the time. Mm -hmm. And then dad is always... It's a very (laughs) dad thing, but, like, be very careful with your money. Frugal. It's very... Which don't he got, spend what you don't have. He got from his father. Yes. yes. Yeah. It. Um, that's I remember, very generational. I just remember something else I learned from my father. Uh-huh. And I remember him saying more than once, you can nickel and dime yourself into the poorhouse. And yeah. I thought, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. And it means you can buy this little thing because it doesn't cost much. That little thing, this little thing, this little thing, and none of them cost much. But at the end of the day, you spend yeah. a lot of money, and you can nickel your and dime yourself into the yeah. poorhouse. That was me with like Starbucks for a while, getting their chai or something. I would be like, "Well, it's only five dollars, oh. even though it's a drink for five dollars." But in my head, if it's under ten dollars, it's practically free. So. <laughs> That's a whole different generation. See, Callie? Yeah. Yeah. My parents, and mm, I'm thinking about, no, your, your Grammy didn't live through the Depression, but my parents did. Uh-huh. So we were raised that when you left a room, you turned out the light. Uh-huh. And when you poured a glass of milk, you drank that glass of milk. You didn't that leave That is funny because that is a, that's exactly how dad is. Yeah. Is he wants lights turned off when you leave the room? That's right. And um, take all you take waste. all you want, but eat all you take. That's it. That's <laughs> that's directly from. I my can't father. tell you how many times I have heard that. Take all you want, but eat all you take. That's what we grew up with, mm-hmm. and and he grew up with that because we mm-hmm. did. Yeah, which is absolutely. It is so funny how everything really is so generational. Yeah. Like uh, everything you think or say or do or act like yeah I feel like is always somehow traced back but do you see the difference between you and me today Uh uh-huh it nearly killed me (laughs) 
to pay what seven dollars <laughs> for diet coke for a carton of 12 cans of diet coke and that's normal for me really and yep. and I, I wouldn't pay $5 for a drink, not even at NASCAR if I was dying. I don't think yeah. I'd pay that for a drink. But as you've grown up with more affluent parents, yeah. you're used to being able to spend money yeah. and still have food to eat and clothes yes. to wear. Yep. Um, but my parents didn't. And mm-hmm. so they were worried about that as we were growing up. Yeah. So they But even us, with that, with my dad being so careful with money and instilling that in all four of us even if it was I grew up very comfortable in that sense when I started making my own money you know I had a job at at 15 and you know a real big girl job at 16 and yeah then on I've been very careful with it wonderful Excellent. And I do have a credit card, <laughs> and sometimes I abuse it. Sometimes, but not very often. You know what? That's what this <laughs> because life. Because I'm careful with it. That's what this life is for: learning, experiencing, and being better every day, every year. Being a little smarter, wiser, mm-hmm. safer. Yep. 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 So moving on to when you were a teenager. <laughs> I want to know what kind of teenager you were and if you were a rebellious one. You said earlier that you were a pretty good kid. Yeah. So did you do anything that would have been rebellious, even just to yourself? Because there was, there was one time I, I did not miss school ever, ever, ever. If there was a vacation, sorry, can't go. I I would have to miss school. (laughs) But there was one time towards the end of my senior year, right before COVID, where my friends were like, you're going to skip acapella and you're going to go to Smith's with us Oh. and you're going to get a whatever lunch acapella. or whatever. Oh. I know. And I was like, I was really so conflicted about that. Cause I was like, no, I can't, I can't skip. They'll know I'm sloughing and I'll get in so much trouble. I can't do it. And of course nothing happened. Did I see you at Smith's that day? Yes, because you did. I was at Smith's you and did. I, I heard grandma, <laughs> Grandmommy, and I turned around and there's <laughs> Kelly and her friends. I, you were <gasps> you there. You did get caught. <laughs> well, I, I did, but obviously, I mean. But see, I never expected that you were doing anything you shouldn't be doing. I know, because no, that's not who I that am. That wasn't Kelly. No, no, but that was that was really the one, one of the only times where I was like, I'm doing something I'm not supposed to, and they, mom and dad, wouldn't have cared. Like, okay, you skipped oh, acapella, like yeah. a choir class, yeah. whatever. Yeah. But I was so <laughs> conflicted. So even if it was anything like that to you where you were like, I'm, I'm doing something bad in my own rule book. Would you believe in my third grade when I was, <laughs> when I was in the third grade and my cousin Donna was in the, th- she might have been second grade. She was a little younger than me, but we were best friends. Uh-huh. Um, my grandfather was living with us at the time, and he would give us a dime here and a dime there, and you could mm-hmm. go to the store and buy stuff with a dime. So, <laughs> yeah. so he gave her a dime, and he gave me a dime, and with that 20 cents, we were able to go buy cigarettes. Uh-huh. As a third grader, and probably a second grader, because they figured and out they taking them And they would sell them, them to you? Oh, yeah. They figured oh, that you we were, were taking them home. Taking them home to an adult. Right. 
we took them to the beach. We were living at Jacksonville Beach then, and we went underneath the pier, the the boardwalk concrete pier that yeah. was vacant underneath. Yeah. And we each smoked half a cigarette. Are you serious? I'm serious. Yes, <gasps> we did. Third. Oh my god. <laughs> Not even 10 years old. It's just blowing my mind to hear you say that you smoked half a cigarette. That's the worst thing I ever... But when I got into high school... That's pretty bad. That's not sloughing a class. I know. <laughs> I, well, let me tell you, though. Um, somebody told on us, and I'm not sure who, because Donna had a brother there, and I had my sister and brother there, and they found out somehow, told on us... And my mother came to me and said, did you do that? And I said, I did, yes. And she said, I'm not going to tell your daddy. And don't you tell your daddy that you did that. Because Just don't do it, it again. No. Mm-mm. Because he gave up cigarettes. I'm trying to think if he had already given them up then. Uh, but it was the hardest thing in the world for him to stop smoking cigarettes. Oh, yeah. So... So believe me, I never told anybody that I did that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But other than that, skipping school once in a great while. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. Never stole anything. So nothing when you were like a teenager, like really like coherent enough to be like, I know I'm doing something bad right now. Just apparently smoking as a third grader. But other than that. (laughs) You know, I really can't remember anything I had I had fun friends there were three other girls and we were best friends and they were good kids and and you know I was a good kid and we didn't get into trouble we took a ballet class one summer uh-huh. and I have always been so glad I did that because I have just felt so graceful yeah <laughs> with that one little ballet yeah. class um but well, other than fighting with my sister and brother, my gosh, I didn't like them and they didn't like me. They loved each other. <laughs> really? But they didn't like me, no, and I didn't like them either. So. Huh, that's so, <laughs> so interesting. Other, other than fighting. Was it them. was it like for you where like a switch flipped and suddenly you liked each other cuz that was Ethan and I. Really? All of a sudden one yeah. day we were just like, well, I guess we could just be friends. We don't have to hate each other all the time. That's funny. No, not until we were adults. Okay. And had moved, uh, my sister and I had both moved to Utah. She moved very early on. So what did she move to Utah for? Because for her, it wouldn't have been family. Uh Uh-uh. She had my niece, Zan. Mm -hmm. Zan was only like five years old, maybe probably old enough to go to school because my sister had just finished her teaching degree in college yeah oh now this is an interesting thing she as soon as she graduated from college um she got a job teaching at a catholic school oh okay and she was there i don't think she even started teaching before they found out that she was divorced oh and they would not hire her Okay, yeah. yeah. That's a big deal. That was a big deal in the Catholic Church. Yeah. And maybe they found out that she was a member of our church, too, and that would have been an even bigger deal. Yeah. But anyway, she, she lost that job. 
So maybe that's why she decided to move out here. She had lived out here to go to BYU. Yeah. Um, so, and she, it's a good thing she did because she found her husband, her husband number three. <laughs> <laughs> who turned out to be an absolute doll. Yeah. And, yeah, he has been a wonderful father to her little girl. And they have two more daughters. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, he's just the dad to all of them. Yeah. So that was a, a good, good thing for her to... And and she had to be really independent to do that. I know my parents helped her financially. Yeah. Um, I They gave her a car, I remember. Uh, but just to move out to another state with a child, almost a baby, yeah, had to be hard. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I even just thinking about how my mom and her siblings moved from Michigan out to Utah with like nothing. Yeah. At the time. Yeah. Like that would be so wow. scary, especially yeah. having kids at all, but. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. That would be so hard. Mm. You know, granddad's mother got a divorce when he was about two years old. Mm -hmm. And his brother was, I think, 15 months older than him. So she had two little ones living in Ohio. And for some reason, her mother, Grandma Mara, was moving to Florida. And for whatever reason... She went by one day, and she told my mother-in-law, who I love to death, she said, Anime, pack your things. I'm taking you with me. (laughs) And she did. Uh Uh, And at that time, there wasn't welfare for people. Yeah. The government didn't pay you money if you didn't have money coming in. They didn't give you food stamps. Um, My mother-in-law worked in a restaurant, and... Granddad and his brother would go to the restaurant after school and fold napkins for <laughs> a, a penny a hundred or a nickel a hundred napkins. Yeah. They would fold at that restaurant. So life, to, to be a woman on your own mm-hmm. had to be horrific. But, yeah. but they were strong enough to do it. Yeah, well, especially not knowing, even if you're going to move to Utah, I mean, the majority of Utah is LDS, so you could probably find some sort of a community, but you have to end up somewhere and find a place. And Yeah, yeah. where are you going to live when you've yeah. crossed that state line? Yeah, yeah, exactly. With little ones that you have to feed. Wow. Yeah, and just, that's that's ooh, so interesting. Ooh. I didn't know that. Yep. Because I had wondered how your sister ended up in Utah, but... Well, she and my father used to butt heads constantly. And Mm -hmm. my brother and my father did too. My father was a strict down the line, you do this, this, and this, and you don't do that, that, and that. Mm -hmm. And you better mind me. And they both rebelled against that. Not Hmm. me. I said, oh, okay. You know, and... (laughs) just got along fine yeah but yeah she she I'm sure leaving the family home was a big part of moving to Utah you said she came out to Utah also go to to go to BYU yeah yeah when and she you was... also went to BYU right uh-huh. so what mm-hmm. did you major in 
elementary education, and I minored in library science. Okay. And I actually didn't teach for years, but the first year after Granddad and I got married, I got a job as a librarian Mm -hmm. at an elementary school in South Carolina. I was so over my head. Oh, my (laughs) gosh. They don't teach you how to be a librarian in Mm. college. They teach you about the Dewey Decimal System and about authors and and that kind of thing. But, But I managed one year, and by the end of that year, I was expecting Doug. And mm-hmm. so he was born in November. School started in September, and he was born in November. So I didn't start the next school year. Hmm. Um, yeah, so I had that one one year of teaching, of being the librarian. Okay. Yep. So you and Granddad. Well, let's. we'll go even earlier than that. Do you remember what your first date was like? Like what you did or... You know, I nervous. I don't. I really don't. I remember John Gertz Mm -hmm. in about the tenth grade. Um, He (laughs) was he was from South Carolina or Alabama. He was a Southern boy, and he chewed clove gum, and you can still buy clove gum. (laughs) Uh, um, I just dated him. I don't know less than a school year. Okay. But then I developed a crush uh, on a boy at our ward, our church, uh-huh. and he didn't know I was alive. Um, but then as a senior in high school, we moved from Jacksonville Beach into Jacksonville, and I had to lie about my address oh. to be able to go to Inglewood High School because that's where my best but Donna, my cousin, was going to school. Okay. And I wanted to go to school with her. Right. And that's where I met Granddad. So you met Granddad? In the 12th grade. At school? At high school, yeah. Um, He, believe it or not, he was very talkative. He was voted the friendliest senior. Really? In the senior class. Huh. He was also voted by the football players. He he played center on the football team. Mm. He was voted the most valuable ram on the football team. Okay. And in the their senior year, they had an undefeated season. So wow. that that was an awesome honor. Yeah. Yeah. He has a trophy for that, but Does he still have it? Is yeah, in somewhere? the basement, I'm sure. <laughs> Somewhere in the basement, yeah. So do you remember what your first date was like with Granddad? Did he have to do the whole, like, (laughs) ask your dad thing? No, No, but my first date wasn't with Granddad. It was with Granddad's best friend. Um, Oh. um, Hoy. Um, uh, Hoy was his last name. My cousin Donna had a date with granddad and we really? double dated oh wow yeah but but i told her before we ever went out i said don't you start liking him because i want him mm-hmm. granddad yeah so she didn't <laughs> oh wow and um i didn't i don't think i even had a second date with granddad's best friend and you know we he and i at different times had to say well you know, I don't think this is going to go any farther. And Chester had to say, 
I'm sorry, but I asked her out, and she said, okay. Uh Um, What did we do? We double-dated with um, Uncle Tom. Okay. Granddad's youngest brother, because he was dating Ginger at the time. So we double-dated with them a lot. Okay. We'd go to drive-ins and make out, and... In Florida, in the heat with the mosquitoes. Oh my gosh! Oh, that is so funny. That's why I got out of town. Uh huh. So, how did you know that Granddad was going to be the one? The one. And then, like, how did he propose to you? Oh, I think I felt so comfortable being with him and. He was so much like my father, Mm. hard worker. Mm -hmm. He was uh, working, building swimming pools at that time as a senior, um, which was a hot, horrible job in Florida in the summer. Uh, But he worked hard and everybody liked him. You know, he was just so sweet and and still is and he was a football player he was handsome (laughs) he had a flat top uh he was he had a neck that was like this oh my god they called him the neck oh on the football team because his neck was so muscly but oh he was so handsome Uh yes yeah so how did he propose oh we went to an italian restaurant well, okay. we went ring shopping. Uh, just and where where were you at this point where you got proposed to? Was this in Florida? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I had graduated. I had already been to BYU one summer, one one year. Okay. And when we went home that summer, that's when we got engaged. Okay. Because the next year, I came out to BYU and I had an engagement ring. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and you said you were. You were 20... When we got married, I was 22. Okay. So how old were you when you got engaged? Probably 20, 19 and a half. Because I was... um, So you were engaged for a while. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I was at BYU and Granddad was at um, Newberry in South Carolina going to school. So... I know we were we were there for a full year, each of us. So, yeah, we were engaged for a year before okay. we got married. Okay. Yeah. So you were at an Italian restaurant. Uh-huh. We had already gone to a jewelry store and looked at rings. And I okay. said, oh, I like this. I like this. I love this. And in the Italian restaurant, he dropped my engagement ring in my glass of water. <laughs> With the ice cubes and everything. <laughs> On purpose? Yes, yes. Okay. Yes, to surprise me. Yeah. And gosh, did it surprise me. Yeah. And then I had to fish it out of the glass of oh, water. My. Oh, that was that was really sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Did he, like, say anything special? Or was it just like, will um, you marry me? Yeah. Or did he go, you he get said, the memo. It was in your drink. <laughs> what, what's your answer? <laughs> oh, it was It was like, uh, you know, I want us to spend the rest of our lives together. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. But he's, he said that a number of times over the years. Yeah. And I'm so glad we get to grow old together. And Yeah. So how yeah. long had you been dating before you got engaged? 
we graduated from high school in 61 and we got married in 65. So that was a long time, four years. Okay. Between dating for two or three years, uh -huh. going to school and being engaged and in school mm -hmm. uh, and then getting married. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, that's such a good thing because we have fantastic memories from those years before we got married. Yeah. We had that life before. Mm -hmm. And then we started our married life. And yeah. Well, you had, you had a life before, but it was also still together. Exactly. And then... Yeah. 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 We can, we can talk about things that happened in high school. And I, so I feel fun. sorry for people who meet and they get married three months later or six months later. And they don't really... <laughs> have that yeah. background of which is very that's <laughs> very popular now when I was when I graduated high school I saw so many people start posting about I'm engaged I'm pregnant um just all of that stuff yeah. and I was like wow yeah. I'm still living at home but that's that's like, being wow. Yeah, that's being a child one day, and the day after graduation, yeah. you're an adult. Yeah, and it doesn't happen that way. And it's so <laughs> and it's so interesting because if if God really does have a plan for everybody, you know, it's there's there's a reason for being married so young and maybe having a child so young, and mm -hmm. who knows what the reason for that is? But it's just such an interesting part of other people's stories and it's so funny how that doesn't fit in everybody's that's right um being yet young can be super hard but it can also help you if there are two of you yeah going through life's challenges together yeah uh if you work together yeah. but but if you haven't figured out how to work together through all all of the problems that come with being married to the greatest person in the world, mm -hmm. their problems. So if, if you don't know how to work through those and end up happy together, yeah. then it doesn't work. And I think that's what's so fun about being with somebody so young too, whether you're married or not, even if it's just, um, even, even if it's like a best friend or something like that, to go Absolutely. through so many years of your life where you're growing up from just high school or from high school into mid twenties, yeah. you know, high school, middle school, high school, college to have somebody there with you. That's been through all of these different phases of life. I feel like mm -hmm. it's so fun. Like that's I, a support system. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think about that all the time where I'll be like, oh, people knew me when I only wore leggings and hoodies and people <laughs> knew me when I plucked all my eyebrows off and when I was such a goody two shoes and I never did anything wrong. And <laughs> it's just, it's, it's fun to like still have those people when you're older, mm -hmm. which is so fun that you and granddad did that. Even though you met your senior year of high school, you still went through very significant life oh, changes yeah. when you were dating. Absolutely, We had so much growing up to do in those years. And, you know, we got married in Jacksonville and drove the night that we got married up to South Carolina. Oh, my gosh. Um, and lived in a mobile home. So we huh. didn't have our families with us uh, yeah. close by to help us out if we needed, you know, $10 for milk or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, we were on our own, and that was a yeah. good thing. That yeah. was a great thing. One of my favorite love songs is by Ben Platt. 
and it's called Grow As We Go. <laughs> and one of the lyrics in that song is, we're going to see that it was better that we grew up together. Oh. And I think that song is so, out of all it's, of the lyrics in that song, that one is just the prettiest to that me. That is so sweet. Yeah. Yes, it makes my scalp tingle, tickle. <laughs> yeah. That's so true. Yeah. yeah. And that's how, even like with Owen and I, we've known each other since we were 14. Yeah. So... Yeah. Whether it was, you know, relationship or not, or we're in this weird, like, we're dating, but we also never go on dates or, like, whatever. (laughs) We did a lot of growing up together. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. he's still in my life now, and that's five years. So we've seen each other through all of these different phases of life, like, dating and then him moving and... um, you know, just a bunch of different oh yeah life events, yeah. and it's just so fun to be like, wow, we really, we did a lot of things together. And you aren't cl- living close to each other now either. There's no. a little bit of travel time in there. Yeah, to, so it's to like get long, together, long, short distance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, it's an effort for you yeah. to be together. But it that song I feel like is important That's with so me too because sweet. it's we're gonna see it was better that we grew up together. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, that we had uh, someone else to, like, rely on and be like, well, if all else fails, you know, at least I've yeah. got my buddy. <laughs> yeah. You know, when you think about it, every married couple is going to grow up together yeah. for a period of time after they get married. There's yeah. a lot of growing, a lot yeah. of changing, a lot of maturing and learning in those first years of marriage. That doesn't really stop. It just keeps going on for years. Yeah. We got very much sidetracked, but going back to weddings, (laughs) what does yours look like? Mine was very small. Uh, Now, this was in 1965. (laughs) Okay. My father said, Wink. That was my nickname. He said, Wink. "Wink, Here's $200. Yep. You can have your wedding on this. You can spend every penny of it on the wedding, or you can save some of it. That's what dad would do to me. Exactly. That is exactly what he would do. Exactly. You could spend it on a wedding or yeah. you could you could save it for a down payment. <laughs> something, something well, like that. I paid $110 of that $200 for my wedding dress. But okay. it was so gorgeous. What did it look like? Short sleeves. Okay. Um, just a, a rounded neck. But it was organza over silk. And there were organza flowers. Where was the one in front? It it had a a silk sash to it. And at the back, there were these beautiful organza flowers Mm -hmm. that matched the dress. And they were at the back. But there was one on the front, maybe on the front of the skirt somewhere. But it was so gorgeous. But I left it at my mother's house, and it had pins in it. And in Florida, everything rusts, even pins. So it got rust marks, and I have no clue where it is now. Mm. I wish I did. Well, do you have pictures of it? Somewhere. I'm not sure. I'd be curious to see it. Well, see, I couldn't afford a photographer. We had a picture in the newspaper, and I do have that. But I think it's just a head and shoulders shot. Let's see. Well, going along with like wedding stuff, do you have any advice for people who are either in relationships or like newlyweds? 
just expect that you're going to have to, it's, it's called give and take, but it's give, 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 give. Uh, mm-hmm. It ought to be because if you try to take, 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 then things just fall apart. You have to put yourself in, in your partner's shoes and try to see things the way he sees them and then try to reconcile what you're feeling. Um, you, it takes working together and it takes tears and it takes yelling. <laughs> and and I, I'm sure there are people out there who, you know, are better self-controlled and don't wail and yell, yell. But, but yeah, marriage is just hard. And then you throw in money problems, which yeah. most young people have. And and being away from your family, which so many young people have, um, not having a good support system around you. Mm. Um, but see, we always had the church wherever we lived. When we mm-hmm. went to South Carolina, we stepped right into a ward, and they loved us to death, took care of us. We had our baby um, nine months almost later. And I remember it, he was born in November, and it was freezing cold. And <laughs> my visiting teachers came and said, uh, we'll see you at church on Sunday. And I said, oh, it's so cold and damp. I don't want to take him out. And <laughs> I one just of them, had this baby. <laughs> yeah, he was literally a newborn. And she yeah. said, honey, you throw a blanket over that baby. He's not going to know it's cold outside. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I did. But, you know, there were sweet people like that who mm-hmm. helped us along the way. We have um, this couple in our neighborhood. They have two daughters. They're like five and three, something like that. And they just had triplets. Oh. And so they, wow. these, these triplets are called the neighborhood triplets because they are just, everybody just like is swarming them. Like, what can I do? I'll bring you dinner. I'll watch the kids. Oh. I'll take them trick-or-treating. I'll, oh, yeah. That's awesome and that's the way it ought to be that's Mm -hmm. the way it was in early america you know when people were settlers and farmers and um you didn't have much but you you would share with anybody yeah Uh, yeah and that's the way it ought to be that's wonderful yeah that lets you survive yeah and i feel like that would help so much being in a relationship too to be like especially when I'm obviously not a parent, but to put so much into yourself being into someone that you've created, you're like, I have to put so much of myself into this kid. Like, you probably don't even know who you are anymore at that point. Like, I'm just mom. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And it is easy to lose your identity. You're just bombarded with responsibilities you know and and there's no me time when you're starting a family and a marriage there's no me time for your husband or you yeah well especially if you have more I mean even if it's just one child but I couldn't even imagine multiples at one point you know especially when you already have kids and then you're like well you went from two to five. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's what causes a lot of marriages to not survive. It's just too hard. Unfortunately, it's easy for a husband to walk away. Mm. It's hard for a mother to walk away with her children. Yeah. Um, so it's usually the mom that ends up with the bulk of the responsibility. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Where were each of your kids born? <laughs> and then do you have like favorite, like a favorite memory 
with like uh, the f- we'll say the four of them we won't have you pick one with just one of them oh good thanks <laughs> um doug our first was born in south carolina mm-hmm. jeff our second was born in england mm-hmm. uh he was three months old when we brought him home from england Mm. And Doug and Jeff are almost exactly two years apart. Mm -hmm. October and November are their birthdays. Kim was born three years later in this little private hospital in Orange Park, Florida. Okay. uh, Just south of of Jacksonville. And Mm -hmm. we went there because it was inexpensive. (laughs) Um, Insurance wouldn't pay for a whole delivery, you know, of a baby. Uh, oh, you were we telling wouldn't. me yesterday how much the cost of a delivery was. Oh, well, because Chester, granddad, was in the military, mm-hmm. Doug cost $6 and 12 cents, something else, that $6 so and something. Wild. And I can't remember what that paid for. It might have been my medicine or something. Oh, maybe my food, uh-huh. because food was also included in granddad's military pay. So it uh-huh. could have been my food in the hospital. Okay. But then Jeff was born two years later in England. He cost a whopping $12, twice as much. Yeah. Yeah. But still, it was a lifesaver that we could have two babies and not go into debt like that. So was that, at the time, would it have been more expensive if you didn't have that military? Oh, yeah. Probably, I don't know, less than $1,000. But gosh, at that time a thousand dollars would have been five today so wild because i know from working in labor and delivery everything costs you something Uh uh-huh the tylenol you want Mm -hmm. the the life-saving um (laughs) like if you're hemorrhaging and we have to help with that oh my word here's twelve hundred dollars yeah the like, box of tissues on your tray (laughs) yeah everything everything is so much it's so expensive to have a baby it's horrific (laughs) it really is it is and and couples who don't have good insurance just have to bite the bullet and yeah it's it's uh, wild yeah so and then greg was born kim was born three years later so that was a nice break we had two boys Mm -hmm. and um and so they were five and three when Kim was born. So, uh-huh. you know, they could feed themselves, dress themselves. <laughs> um, but then seven years later, I just wanted one more baby. Uh-huh. And I went to granddad and said, how would you feel about having one more baby? And he said, if that's what you want. <laughs> so we had Greg and Greg was just a joy. Uh-huh. Uh, Kim was his second mother. Mm-hmm. The boys would fight over who would get to carry him into church on Sundays. Yeah. Um, he was just, I would, I would say, Greg, I'm going to the grocery store. You want to go with me? And that was wild, you know, at the, yeah. to, to want his company going when he's two or three years old. But yeah. he was just so much fun. You know, they got along so well. That's what I remember about mm-hmm. our kids. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, well, they would call each other butthead. That was about the <laughs> worst name they could think of to call each other. Yeah. Uh, but I don't remember them arguing. They were good friends. Yeah. Yeah. As they grew up, right on up into high school, Kim gave them dating advice. And if she didn't like the girls they liked, she told them about it. 
Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> she was a force yeah. to be reckoned with. Yeah, it's so it's funny that you had two boys, girl boy, uh-huh. and then dad has two boys, girl boy. Oh, that's true. I hadn't thought about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a nice long break in between. Yeah. So they were a big help to your mom taking care of yeah, you when mom you were says born. all the time how those two would just fight over who got to change my diaper or hold me or yeah, yeah. that I was just like their little doll <laughs> that they just wanted to like show off and take everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then when I got to a point where I was talking, they would do the whole Callie, say this, Callie, say this. <laughs> and so that I would, you know, obviously I'm getting attention. So I just, you okay, learned just from them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I was like this little baby doll that oh. was a real life baby doll that they could play you with. You were you were my second baby, my second <laughs> child <laughs> coming after all of my others are grown. Yeah. I loved it. You spent the night with us when you were two weeks old, maybe. I said, You need a night's sleep, Catherine. <laughs> and she said, Okay. <laughs> yeah. So we took you home and we emptied out a dresser drawer and put blankets in it and that's where uh-huh. you slept. Yeah. Yep. And I loved it, loved it, loved it. <laughs> <laughs> so with your kids, do you, did you ever feel like, what moments did you feel like you were a good mom? And if you had any experiences where you're like, oh, oh I did not that was a bad mom move. Oh my gosh. You know, um, there, there was a scripture that I never understood for years, and it's something like, the sins of the fathers will be visited on the heads of the children. And I thought, that is so not fair. That is not like a God who loves us. Uh-huh. Who would, would visit the sins of the father on the children? But as I matured, I realized that sins didn't mean bad things. It meant... Um, failures but um just lack of like like my mother lost her mother when my mother was about 12 years old oh. and she already had four older brothers and and a younger sister and there were two or three more babies born oh. who died Oh, wow. And so my mother didn't get a lot of mothering. She didn't learn how to be a mother. Yeah. And so she didn't really mother us. We didn't get bedtime stories. Um, You know, Hmm. she cooked good meals for us. Uh, When they got financially better off, she loved to buy clothes for us, things like that. (laughs) But I didn't learn to be a mother because my mother didn't show me how to do it. And yet, my daughter is a fantastic mother, mm-hmm. but she suffered through me, and and so did the boys, and yet they are all such good fathers. Mm-hmm. So, luckily, my sins didn't get visited on their heads, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, I, they, I know they have a good father. They, he was a good example to them. Yeah. Um, I I was impatient. I I did love bedtime for them, uh-huh. and I loved reading them stories, you know, and sitting with them snuggled up against me. And I remember. I know we're going on forever here, but <laughs> I remember okay. when Doug was probably 
eight years old maybe and Jeff was six and Kim would have been three and every night either Jeff or Kim would come and get in my lap while I read them stories uh-huh. and one night one of them said it's my turn to get in mom's lap <laughs> and I said I think it's Doug's turn to get in my lap Doug and he said yeah it is and I mean it was just <laughs> lickety split he yeah. came over and jumped in my lap uh-huh. And I thought, I just haven't given him enough attention because hmm. these other two here are demanding it. Yeah. So I, I remember that, but I loved reading them stories at night. And yeah. Granddad would tell them uh, raccoon stories. Oh, which my you gosh. With. Raccoon stories. Yes. Ricky and Rocky. Ricky and Rocky. And Roxanne. <laughs> I, I never had Roxanne, but I had Ricky and Rocky stories. Yep. And these, oh my gosh, these were like a staple. We would get Ricky and Rocky stories all the time and right before like big life events, like the first day of school, you know, Ricky and Rocky's first day of school, they both were so nervous about going to school, but everything turned out fine, you know, like things like that. Yeah. But we would get Ricky and Rocky stories all the time and he would come up with them just like off the top of his head. That's what granddad did. He would make them up as he went along. Yeah. 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 First of all, it was Ricky and Rocky. And then Kim came along, and she was Roxanne. Okay. <laughs> yep, all our kids remember Ricky and Rocky. That was yeah, fun. Yeah, that was so funny. Yeah, he was a good dad. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Okay. And your dad is an outstanding dad. He is so good. And Jeff yeah. and Greg are both such good dads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our kids have been wonderful. They haven't had major problems in their lives um you know they've they are all happy and healthy and doing well now so yeah we have so much to be thankful for Mm -hmm. what hopes did you have for your kids and what made you most proud of them I mean you've kind of I feel like have talked about it some yeah um I I wanted all of them to get good educations. Mm-hmm. Um, two got degrees out of the four. Mm-hmm. The other two didn't, but it hasn't been a problem. It's yeah. they've been successful in their lives. Um, I I wanted them to have a good marriage like we had. Mm. I wanted them to be happily married and have the support and love of a good yeah. spouse. Mm-hmm. And and they do and it's wonderful yeah and they've all been married for like a very long time long to long who they're married to yeah long-term happy marriages yeah. it's awesome dad's been married for like they've been married for like 26 years or something like I that think that's yeah i think that's In what April. your mom said the mm-hmm. other day yeah granddad and i are coming up on 58 years oh wow in march yeah Oh my gosh, that's such a long 58. time. 58, it is, but it doesn't seem like it looking back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about me, how did your life change after becoming a grandma? Oh my goodness. Um, granddad said, you know this isn't your child, right? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that's a common theme, theme with grandparents. <coughs> yes. 
Um, and I think what he meant was I didn't have to buy everything that you wore. Every right. cute thing I found in the store, right. I didn't have to buy for you. Yeah. Um, I, I just thrived as a grandmother. Mm-hmm. I loved having you come and stay with us. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. And you know what's interesting? And I told this to your mom and dad. I don't think you heard it, but they were expecting Ethan. And I remember thinking... Will I be able to love this next baby as much as I love Callie? <laughs> I did. I thought that. Yeah. Well, I've I've heard that's the thing with parents too. When they have their first and then their second comes along, and they're like, "Well, how am I supposed to love this kid as much as I love the one I already have?" Exactly. But that, I didn't know it was kind of the yeah. same thing. Grandparent yes, with wise. you, yeah, it mm. was. Uh, but Ethan was just such a little baby doll. Oh, my gosh. He yeah. was just so much fun. And to be sick, too, you know, to have health worries with him. Oh, that made him even more precious to yeah. have to worry so about So, Ethan, health. I don't know why we didn't talk about this in his episode, but he, Ethan was diagnosed with a heart condition called Tetralogy of Fallot when he was five days old. And so that required him to have a heart surgery when he was five months. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So my mom found out at five days and then he had a surgery when he was five months. Tetralogy of Fallot um, defects cause oxygen poor blood to flow out of the heart into and into the rest of the body. So... With Ethan, he had that heart surgery, and he was good for a long time. Yeah. And then right about when I was in ninth grade, so he would have been in, like, sixth? Probably, yeah. He had a heart valve replacement Uh surgery, so he has a cow's valve in his body now. And it's just so insane what technology can do isn't it just the science is so wild and healthcare is such a crazy place Mm. to be in but he had that heart valve replacement because before that he was just tired a lot i remember his pale little face and yes his freckles just standing out yeah he got really pale and he'd be really tired we literally lived right across the street from the school we were going to at the time and when we would ride our bikes, he would be winded mm-hmm. by the time we got there. So our dad would literally drive us across the street sometimes and drop us off at school because yeah. he was just so tired. So he had that heart valve replacement, and he's been, I mean, Do you know what your Grammy said? After his surgery, well, before his surgery, his hair was straight as a board. Yeah. Just perfectly straight. After the surgery... His hair just curled, and your Grammy said, "It's like all that blood just rushed to his head and curled oh his hair." Oh my gosh! That, yes, that was funny, and that was so true. Yeah, and he has beautiful, um, almost burgundy-colored <laughs> hair today. This is, this is a debate, though, in this family because Grandmommy always says that he has red hair. And he will debate it all day long that he does not have red hair. It's just brown. He just has brown hair. There's no red in it. Well, 
and and he's more right than I am, actually. There is much. But she's just she will stand <laughs> on that hill until she dies. That that he has red hair. Well, whether my, she's wrong or not, I know my mother was a redhead. Okay. Uh, my sister has a lot had a lot of red in her hair. Uh-huh. I never did. Um, Natalie, your cousin, yes. is a redhead. Yep. We've got so many redheads in the family. Yeah. And they keep coming because <laughs> now Chris's brand new baby, who is about a month old now, uh-huh. has red hair. So. Yeah. Well, they both have red hair. So that I yeah. felt like was yeah. coming. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ethan's hair is a gorgeous color. It is. It's dark, dark brown, but I maybe it's just me. I just see a little red in it. I, yeah. I want to see some red in it. <laughs> Well, my last question is, who's your favorite grandkid? Oh, sweetheart. Need you ask? (laughs) (laughs) She comes over and she she taps my cheek. (laughs) I mean, you can say it on the record or not, but I feel like we all know who it is. Who? Who? Hmm. Well, the one who No, I'm just kidding. I I do have a thought and no it's not me. The one who is most fun now is the youngest one, Adam. Oh, yeah. Just because he's the baby of the family yeah. and and you know And the, we don't see him. I know, and I miss him. And, they are in Hawaii. Yeah. So we don't see them very often. And you know, he's grown up a lot every time I do see him. Mm-hmm. But we've got a whole new crop of babies coming. I know. How fun. There Noelle, will be Oh, Noel yeah. is is mine as much as she is yours. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, we have there are two babies and their due dates are in both July. in July. Yes. Like 10 days apart or something yep. like that. So we jump from two granddaughters to four granddaughters. Yeah. It's yeah. awesome. I it's love so funny. It. So many girls. Yeah. 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 We had a bunch of boys in the beginning yeah. with Doug, Jeff, Greg, and yep. just Kim. Yep. But now we have a wave of girls and it's about time. I know. <laughs> Oh, life is good. It is so good. And it's great to be able to say that. Well, it's been fun. I was really excited for this trip because I was like, well, she doesn't know this, but I'm going to have her. (laughs) I'm going to interview her for the podcast, whether she has a choice or not. I would have been worried to death the whole time. So I'm (laughs) glad you didn't tell me till yesterday. I didn't have to do much convincing, which was nice. Well, Callie, you're just great to talk to. You just kind of keep the conversation rolling along. I'm trying to get better at it. You're like awesome. with with um, asking questions because that can be so hard. Like doing it in a interviewing sense, sure. where like, how do you be present in the conversation, but also be like, I have these questions that I want to ask and how can I throw them in at certain points? you got to keep and, thinking ahead yeah. and keeping your mind in the game at the same time. Yeah, so I'm trying to get better at it. You're so. terrific. I oh, love your you. podcast. I oh, love it. Oh, thank you. I love your mellow voice and it's <laughs> it's just calming. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's all we've got for today and I have to go put more aloe vera on my sunburn. So (laughs) thank you, sweetheart. It's been so much fun. Well, thanks for being on it. Wow. And I'll see you next week. Same time, same place. And this is the Cali After Hours podcast.